0: Janmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat-trick. Game seven. Janmark. Live. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes, he scores! Mark Stone, shorthanded goal, took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and ryan wallace getting into it our number two vgk insider show as we turn the page from the rookie tournament the vegas golden knights going one and two in arizona today it is main camp time as we look ahead to the uh, medicals and then the start of uh, the vegas golden knights first training camp in a couple of years uh, which will start up on thursday Uh, today was the vgk Golf Charity Classic, uh, the third annual, which was held over at Bears Best. Uh, I know that uh, Chris Chapman was out there. We'll get into uh, that in just a little bit. Uh, some of uh, who we got to chat with, uh, got to see. You know who stripes the golf ball hits it really well? Is Alec Martinez. Well, we were standing there listening to a couple of the interviews. I was kind of watching some swings, and he can hit it.
1: That does not surprise me it's one bit.
0: Hi. Hi. Bringing rain. Uh, we'll get into uh, some of what we saw over at uh, Bears Best. And our top five at five is also coming up. The top stories from the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, this year. What number are we at today? We're at number two. Nice. Starting to get into it. Uh, let's yeah. let's do that now. And then I will okay. admit in just a little bit why I was wrong. And because I'm doing a bit more research <laughs> on this. I haven't given up totally But of course, it it doesn't look like uh, it doesn't look very good for me. But uh, what's the what's the top story
2: for the Vegas Golden Knights as we hit the number two spot? So the second most important storyline going into the season for the Vegas Golden Knights is the Golden Knights power play. As we all know, last year the power play uh, did not come through for Vegas really when it needed to most and that was in the playoffs especially in that third round loss to the Montreal Canadiens what changes might we see for the Golden Knights power play how can the Golden Knights get it back on track and and get that power play to be a weapon for them that's going to be one of the big storylines to follow this year for the Vegas Golden Knights
0: of the additions and tweaks that the Golden Knights have made to their lineup Mm-hmm. which do you think will be
2: most impactful when it comes to the man advantage? So, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I want to say Evgeny Dadinov because you're talking about a player that has had power play success in the past. You're talking about a player that scores 25 to 28 goals or has in the past. So uh, when you're looking at just putting pucks in the back of the net, Dadinov's kind of the first guy that I would go to but um it's actually not not necessarily one of the new players that have been brought in but i think for me alec martinez what he was able to do on the power play you give him regular minutes um potentially with shea theodore on on one of the units I i think that that has the potential to be one of those keys to the power play as well
0: interesting that you would go with the uh with defenseman and alec martinez You've got that that choice. Forward units, the number one unit, you go mm-hmm. like four forwards, one defenseman. Then your second unit mm-hmm. is usually with two blue liners. There's there's two ways you can go with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. You put Alex Petrangelo on the number one unit with the four forwards, or Shea Theodore on the number one unit with the four forwards. I'm I'm not sure that there's necessarily a wrong answer there, but there's there's an answer that uh, mm-hmm. that I think you you saw bits like back and forth on on, on last year and I'll be curious to see how they start it when the regular season comes around and how much influence the preseason games will will have on that eventual decision.
2: Yeah, I I do I do wonder and you know again I I wonder about, you know, <laughs> When we go down the lineup for the Golden Knights, not just in terms of, of forwards, but also defensemen, we've talked a little bit on this program before about Dylan Coughlin and whether or not that shot that he has could be something that's used in certain situations on the power play. It might not be in every game type situation for Dylan Coghlan, but I wonder if over the course of this preseason, he's able to be put in spots where he shows what he can do. And that becomes an option that Pete DeBoer goes to later on in the season. One of the things that uh,
0: I've always admired about Alex Petrangelo is his ability to get pucks through his Mm -hmm. second year, more comfortable uh, training camp, full, full exhibition season, like, I think we're going to, and we witnessed an elevation of his play in the playoffs. Uh, I yeah. think you're going to see a far more comfortable and effective offensively uh, perspective uh, Alex Petrangelo this season. And one of those areas is getting pucks through. That might be why he gets the nod uh, on that number one unit and it's Shay and Alex uh, Alec, uh, on the second unit.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that kind of that configuration to me makes sense it, it, because you, you have Shea Theodore in a pairing with Alec Martinez on the power play where you know those two guys, they work so well together. Shea is very comfortable with Alec Martinez. They know each other's game. Uh, I, I like the idea of keeping them as a pair on one unit and then really giving the keys to Alex Petrangelo to go out there, fire up the engines, and, and quarterback that first power play unit. Uh,
0: Martinez has got that one-timer, that right shot one-timer uh, on, mm-hmm. the, uh, on the right side. Uh, I love that. So up front, though, forwards, you got uh, Peyton Krebs kind of knocking on the door. You go, geez, there's a guy that, mm-hmm. that might be able to impact a power play. Nolan Patrick, we know his pedigree and where he was drafted and the skill set there. You wonder out loud, can he have an impact on a power play? And if Danny Dadanov, I think, has a, has a heavier shot than people will realize, now, he's not the mm-hmm. tallest player in the world, but really solid. Uh, I'm going with Dadanov as the, the player that you might be able to put into that number one unit and deepen your second unit as a way to improve the effectiveness of the man advantage.
2: So in that situation, where, where do you go? Like, who do you subtract in terms of that first unit for, for Dadinov? Well,
0: that is up to the head coach, Pete DeBoer, <laughs> Steve Spot, Ryan McGill and Ryan Craig. And I don't, far be it for me. That's a total cop-out by me because I don't want to, like, who do you take out? Uh, you, yeah. You, you don't want to take out Max I uh, You do do you take off uh, Jonathan Marshall who's been on that number one unit? Mark Stone is going to stay put uh, on that on that unit. You've got your mm-hmm. defenseman uh, in Petrangelo. Like, there's that's a that's a tough ask to see who you would take off of that unit. William Carlson also uh, on that number one unit.
2: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because when you mention uh, Dadnov and, and kind of his shot, if you are able to load it up to where you've got Dadnov and Pacioretty both, as options to shoot um, from from in tight. And then you've got Petrangelo, who is able to get pucks in deep. Uh, it, it forces the defense to really kind of try to pick your poison in those situations and, and which plays you will or will not allow. So if you have three guys on the ice that are, are really good at getting the puck through, that just creates more options for that top unit. I'm
0: going to go back to this. This is going to be my um, little piece of fruit that I'm going to pick once a week. And and it's going to be an all-season-long thing. All right? It's going to be my mm-hmm. thing. And I've already mentioned it once in the opening hour when it came to Jack Dugan. That if he could add a one-timer to his skill set, it would be so amazing. Uh, I, I love the one-timer because of the space that it buys the rest of your players. Because when you have somebody who has an effective one-timer, the defenders have to cheat or have to be incredible with anticipation and when you've got a power play moving the puck around eventually you got to cheat because it's going to go over there and it's it's not just because Stamkos and Ovechkin can have amazing shots it's it's because when you work the puck around if they don't cheat then you're wide open and there's there's god given skill there but i i do think a one timer really helps that option helps improve the other parts of your power play. And if if you throw it over to that side and they don't one time, you can throw it back. And if they've cheated, it just opens up, open up ice. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that part, that option added to this group. And whether it's patch ready, putting it into his skill set, and, and adding to it, or you put somebody in, with that skill set, and I don't know whether Knob has that uh, part of it. I haven't launched uh, that deep into into his toolbox, but I I do believe that that is one area that's kind of missing from mm-hmm. the Golden Knight. Now, on the second unit, you've got that a little bit with Alec Martinez, and it certainly sure. showed through. But from a forward perspective on that on the on the hash marks, I think it would be huge. And if you've got that it could just be one of those things that makes the power play go.
2: Yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. I think it, again it's it's kind of about those those different looks and and the, the ability to move the puck around and be decisive in your in your decision making and you know, I, I think the Golden Knights with a pow, with a power play that has the option to whip the puck around and get a, a one-timer on net, I, I do think that that would help. Uh, you know, the question is going to be, who's going to be that guy? Yeah. You know, as you mentioned, second unit, you have it a bit there with Alec Martinez, um, and and it's proven to be effective for the Golden Knights on that second unit. So um, whether it be Jonathan Marchessault or uh, whether it be... Perhaps you know William Carlson or whoever it ends up being. If it is Dadinov, uh, if that is something the Golden Knights are able to work into their wheelhouse, it'll just make them a little bit more dynamic in terms of what they can do on the man advantage.
0: And, and I'm hesitant to screw with Patchetti's power play spot. And and I we've, don't. We've seen him on his off wing, and we've seen him yeah. on his his regular spot. And and that great quote of telling Mark Stone, "Go to the front of the net. Don't worry, I'm not going to hit you. You got to trust me. Trust me." <laughs> Uh, yeah. because yeah. he is so Max Pacioretty has a top five shot in the league when when he sets it and releases it. It's fast, yeah. it's heavy, and it's accurate. And so I, I'm hesitant to take that away and say, can you one time it a couple of times just to <laughs> just to throw the other team off? And this is why I'm here and, and the coach is coach. But so he's so good at at what he does right now do you want to take a couple of touches away and try and one-time it and that'll be something that that i'm interested to talk to the coaches and and max about
2: yeah that's an interesting one too because as you mentioned with with max patch his shot is is just so so good and You know, there aren't many players that are just able to beat a goalie clean with a wrist shot. Max Pacioretty's one of them, and and he gets it off really quick. The the question is, adding that slap shot to his repertoire, is that going to take away anything in that Mm. instance? I'm not sure, but, you know, you do have... You do have the option of going to a couple of different guys and maybe a couple a couple of different players on that first unit that have a shot-first mentality, like Patchetti. And if Dadanov has a slap shot, or even Nolan Patrick, like we 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 can kind of throw that name out there too. If those two players have something in the way of of getting a slap shot through and getting it through quickly, maybe you don't have to ask Max Max Patchetti to do anything different because he presents that. Extra option for the Golden Knights.
0: It's so hard. It's such a difficult skill. Yeah. And because Ovechkin and Bossy and, and Stamkos and th- different players over the years have been so effective at it, they, they've made it look easy. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about a one timer, it's not just like a pass that comes across, a hard pass, because that's what makes it great, uh, a, a hard, accurate pass, and then you got a one timer. Just just hitting the puck with any type of force is hard. Never mind. Imagine you're a baseball player and you're you're told you gotta hit it right over the shortstop's head every time because that's a spot. <laughs> you're 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 a right handed hitter and you yeah. gotta hit it, hit it over there. Or a left handed hitter right over the second baseman's head to not just trying to make contact and make a hit, but also put it in an accurate spot. That's basically what they're doing here. Yeah is, yeah is trying to do it, and that's such a that's why it's such a uh, admirable skill, but they make it look so bloody easy. Well keep an uh, eye on what the power play is going to do. It will be a conversation topic, not just into the regular season, but beforehand as we start the preseason uh, on Sunday night against the San Jose Sharks. So looking forward to it. Uh, our top five storylines continue from a league level. At number two around the National Hockey League, we have the Olympics. Yes. The Olympics. They're the coming. NHL. The Olympics. Going to the Olympics. Are going to include National Hockey Leaguers for the first time since 2014.
2: You're excited. I, yeah. I know I know how excited you are. I am excited too. I again I, I think that, you know, for me, every time I go into an Olympics when it comes to hockey and NHL players are involved, it always becomes, Okay, Canada's going to win gold and it really to me feels like a crapshoot when it comes to silver and bronze because that's really where the competition is because when you look at Canada's roster more often than not they can fill out a second roster that would probably beat the rest of the field too <laughs> ah, come on no I'm serious no
0: no I mean they're, come they're on. so good no I, that's what I meant come on can you say it again keep
2: Keep saying it. You you got one out of me. That's all I'm saying, man. Well, that's all. That's all I got. I got no more.
1: The good thing about that is that this year the Russian professional players will not be beating amateur or you know college players or AHL players.
2: Nice.
0: Well, Well, I I will say. Canada still a second in that.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, and that's what Ryan's saying.
2: I will say this though, I, I am looking forward to our future bet when it comes to whether or not team USA is going to finish the tournament higher than Team Canada because uh, I already know what I'm going to bet you. And if you lose, let's just say you're gonna be a little bit more artistic at the end of the day. Hmm.
0: so i'm I'm yeah. going to Beijing for the Olympics uh, in twenty twenty two to yep. Whoa, work. Say can you see? <laughs> work the hockey tournament. <laughs> Hold on. Would I would I have to I get this ink? <laughs> the drum, the drum would I have to get the strumming. ink before I come back? Or do I get the ink here where I can do a little bit more research into who's going to put the ink on? Because I, I believe you're going down the road of a tattoo. Yeah,
2: 100%. Oh. I'm going down the road of a tattoo. And, Ooh. you know... It, <sighs> Hey, Chapman, it it happens, and it's going to be glorious (laughs) when it does. But, no, you're not going to get it there. You're going to get it here. We're going to turn it into something where, I don't know, we'll we'll probably live stream it because that would be really fun to kind of watch your reaction in real time. But, yes, if you end up losing the bet, then you're going to have to get a tattoo. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm getting, just so we're aware, if I accept this bet,
0: and I lose <laughs> and I have to get a tattoo. I'm getting what I want. This isn't going to be one of those ones where oh. I'm getting tattooed what, like some goofy thing. It's going to be something yeah. that I I'll, I don't have a tattoo. I don't have any ink on me at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never done dope. I've, like, I'm the biggest nerd in the world when it comes to this stuff.
1: That's not surprising. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I put all my thoughts uh, into uh, like skipping school, and I, and I forgot all the other great joys of life, nice. like, uh, nice. like tattoos. So I, I just want to make sure that we're all aware for me to do this mm-hmm. and for it to happen uh, yep. is going to re- require... I can sing the National Anthem poorly, <laughs> and my wife doesn't care. <laughs> I come home with a stupid <laughs> slogan on my leg that you guys have tattooed on me. My wife's going to care. So I'm going to get something so, that I want, but I will follow through with it uh, when we eventually come to finalizing the terms of said wager.
2: Yeah, I would never make you get a tattoo of something you didn't want. Um, I will say this, though. If you end up losing and you do have to get tattooed, I will get a tattoo with you. I won't get a matching tattoo with you, but I will but you, get like, tattooed at the same time you have so that you're not alone. You
0: have visible skin.
2: Like, you're a tattooed...
0: No, Dude, no, no, no. I, I want
2: to. Yeah. There's there's a lot more that I'd like to get done, and this would just kind of be an excuse for me to get it done. So that's <laughs> that's the, the the way that I'm going about this one.
1: So I was hoping that that the 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 tattoo would have to be like the guy in, in all of the Seth Rogen movies, I, I can't remember his name, it's Jonathan is it Jonathan Baraschel, is that how you say his name? Yeah. He's got the sure. Canadian flag tattooed on his chest. I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. that Darren would have to get the American flag tattooed on his chest.
2: He, You know, it would be funny if he did, but given that this would be Darren's first tattoo, (laughs) I I kind of agree with him. I'm not going to make him get something that he doesn't want. And, you know, just the fact that that if if he ends up losing a bet again on Team Canada, right, again on Team Canada, especially at the Olympics, and then he's got to get a tattoo, and that tattoo is going to remind him that he lost another bet to me, I think that's enough. I, I don't need it to be something ridiculous or, or something Darren doesn't want on his body.
1: You, you want to know the best part of this, though?
2: It's if, Jay Baruchel.
1: Baruchel, okay. Jay Baruchel. If if that does happen, you know John Cooper and Pete DeBoer will probably never talk to Darren ever again because that will now be twice that Canada would have lost to the United <laughs> States, and they're going to start blaming Darren. They're going to be like, dude, you're a mush. Stop making bets no, on us.
0: No, You know how unlikely it would be that I would lose two bets on Canadian hockey when oh. we win everything.
1: Oh, it would be glorious. It would be so glorious. Because yep. then, then it makes it even more likely that you're the jinx.
0: I'll be outside the room <laughs> going into whatever game determines whether I get a tattoo or not, making sure that everybody knows. Like at the, at the Beijing Ice Center or whatever the venue is, uh, making sure everybody knows What's at stake? I know I know that there's a spot in the final on the line here, guys, but uh, uh, I might have to get a tattoo. Do you know why I haven't got one? Is I'm afraid that I'll get one and my kids will go, <laughs> let's giddy up, and then they'll turn 16 and come home mm-hmm. with a sleeve or something. And well, that's what worries y- me. You, it, it never crossed your mind, uh, that the, the influence mm-hmm. on your kids?
2: Well, I, I mean no because i'm i like if my kids get tattoos or if they don't get tattoos i my hope is that you know what i teach them is going to matter more than whether or not they've got skin or, or ink on their skin and to be honest uh, i've just made it very clear with my kids that they're not allowed to have face tattoos um, and that's <laughs> well, pretty that's much a good. Thing. That's, yeah. That, that's that's really that's work. really all you have to do. Boy, did like, you set that the bar me. high there? Oh, Darren, let me just tell you. You can have full sleeves, you can have a full back piece, you can have leg sleeves all Your the way neck. down. No. No. If it's if it's visible on, like outside of a, a long sleeve shirt then probably not. And that's kind of been the philosophy that I've had um and you know my parents weren't exactly stoked when I, I got my first tattoo or my second tattoo, uh, but, you know, they they realized that there were a lot worse things I could have been doing with my life, so there's that.
0: Uh, tattoo artists, if you're listening right now, uh, tweet us or call us uh, because I want to talk to you. Just want to get lay the groundwork here, 702-876-1340. Uh, I got a couple ideas. It'll involve wheat. <laughs> <Pretty>. <laughs>
2: of wheat
0: Oh, that's that's real oh, interesting man. yeah that's what do you want, great skulls
2: that's what you want wheat. seriously yeah i'm gonna get like you have you have wheat. an opportunity to do something really fun oh, it'll with be a fun. tattoo it'll, and it'll be like fun. i want wheat
0: it'll be fun with wheat it's something that's gonna mean something to you
2: yeah i well what, that's what, what yeah, about, like something, mean,
1: I, something about uh can, P. can you like
2: animate can you make the wheat like cool? Yeah. Or oh yeah. Yeah. Totally.
0: We'll animate it. Maybe, totally.
1: Maybe, maybe yeah. the, uh, the Porsche that sits in storage in PEI, you could get that. That means something <laughs> Just, to you. <laughs> I, talked to, uh, get it.
0: I talked to my buddy, Randy Compton the other day. He said, uh, I, I, I mentioned that I dropped his name on the show and I said, how is the, uh, the sled doing? He said, how am I supposed to know? I only fired up when you come back and you haven't back been here for two years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: might, might be time for an oil change. Who knows? About you know that? you
2: you know what? We should have listeners design the tattoo. Oh, that'd be good.
0: That's a great idea. I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll send you guys an idea that I have, and then we'll go. But okay, really, when it comes down to it, I've got some confidence in the uh, in in Team Canada. It's going to be huge, and it's only a nine day tournament. But yep. when you factor in going around the world and, and, every, and the lead-up to it and all the debate over our rosters and how many VGK players are going to be involved in the various federations, it's going to be have a, a massive international impact on on the hockey world, on the National Hockey League itself, and a very heavy influence on the VGK. From uh, Pete DeBoer, uh, Misha Donskov uh, on the coaching side for Team Canada, who are involved in, in that federation, To Mark Stone, uh, Robin Leonard, does he go? Uh, You've got uh, Alex Tuck, is he healthy enough? There's all kinds of different Mm -hmm. storylines for the BGK.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Golden Knights are going to be well represented at the Olympics, based on you know just kind of our preseason uh, predictions. But you know, as as the season goes on, it, it can be even deeper than kind of the the guys that we're looking at: Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone. But you know, Alec Martinez, if he plays well, is he going to play himself onto the roster for Team USA? That remains to be seen. Uh, but something that I think is is firmly there. So yeah, I mean, the Golden Knights are going to be well represented. They're going to be uh, in. Involved in this tournament, and that's that just kind of, again, speaks to how good and how deep of a team this is that's been built here in Vegas.
0: Once again, I would go with Alec Martinez. I don't know whether he's going to get a look. I don't even know whether he's on the radar, but I would go with uh, mm-hmm. Alec Martinez. Uh, those are the top stories at number two in our top five at five when it comes to big happenings in the National Hockey League and the VGK this year, the VGK power play, and the Olympics tomorrow. We hit the climax, the top stories with the VGK and in the National Hockey League for this 2021-2022 National Hockey League season. The best part about this year, guys, just occurred to me, Hmm. is I can say Hmm. the years for the season without having to think. (laughs) (laughs) Like the last year, we didn't know what last season was, uh, what the year before was. Like there was just such a disconnect. I remember talking to yeah. Ray Ferrero about this. He's like, I, "I don't know what last year was. Was last year the because we had that pause? Was um uh, we're we're kind of back onto a normal calendar. We've got some uh, league news, a retirement to tell you about, an unveiling for those that uh, like jerseys and sweaters, and yes, I will finally admit to uh to my fault, and what I was wrong about is the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas."
2: Blunt to the near wing. Big shot. He scores!
0: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
2: And it's a tie
1: hockey
0: game. On the BGK Insider Show. All right, let's get into it. Uh, big news coming out of the BGK on the weekend. Nolan Patrick gets the two-year deal. And Nolan Patrick is under contract for the Vegas Golden Knights. And everybody's got contracts. Everybody's coming to camp ready to go. And let's fire it up and and crank this thing up and get going.
2: Yeah, I I mean, listen, it's good for Nolan Patrick, obviously. It's a two-year deal, $1.2 million average annual value on the contract. So, um, you know... It, to me it's it's a one of those bridge deals right where you're looking at nolan patrick to kind of take another step to take, take the next step here with the vegas golden knights and you know as as you mentioned darren you've got everybody under contract the golden knights are going into this camp with everybody on deck with the exception of alex tuck who's going to miss time at the beginning of the season but it allows pete deboer again to have all these different options of what he may do in the preseason, but also what options might be behoove the Golden Knights, the coaching staff, to have available as the season progresses in an eighty-two game schedule.
0: So we got a full grain bin of RFAs who haven't signed over here on the right,
2: Vancouver
0: yeah. and Ottawa, and there's there's all these players uh, that that haven't inked deals, and then you got the VGK who sign their player to a two year deal, one point two million, and Nolan Patrick is under contract. Uh, what do you think of the value? What do you think of the term?
2: You know, I, I think the value is is pretty much where I expected it to be. I didn't necessarily think that Nolan Patrick would be under a million dollars per. I, I thought just a slightly over was was kind of about where he would be um, as far as the term, I, I'm good with a two-year deal. I, I am. I, he's he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the deal. That's good for the Golden Knights. You have uh, his rights and, and full negotiation there. So um, I don't have an issue with the deal because, for me, it allows the opportunity for Nolan Patrick to play himself into a bigger contract if he can take advantage of these two years and become what a lot of people expected him to when he was drafted.
0: Yeah, he gets a slight raise on his uh, one-year extension that he got off his rookie deal. And I think it's a huge value for the Golden Knights. Like, to get yeah. that second year uh, on at 1.2, I mean, he's betting uh, on himself uh, with the, the two-year deal, but the Golden Knights also get some cost certainty in it. And if Nolan Patrick develops and turns into the player that everybody thought with the second overall pick and uh, the player that scored 13 goals in his first two years in in the National Hockey League, he becomes that. Imagine 13 goals to to 17 goals for a player of his caliber and to have him under contract for two years at 1.2. You're eventually going to have to pay him if he progresses. Mm -hmm. but. Yep. If he does develop and produces, that's massive value
2: right there for this year and
0: next. It's
2: a good and, deal. and that's, yeah, and, and it's also massive value added to the middle of your lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking at this as Nolan Patrick, third-line center for this team, um, you're, you're looking at adding those goals, that production, to the middle of your lineup where it's been a bit of a carousel. So You know, for the Golden Knights, it it made a lot of sense. I think for Nolan Patrick, it it makes sense. And, you know, hopefully it'll turn into a a deal, especially in year number two, where Nolan Patrick might be underpaid and and the value is incredibly high for the Golden Knights. Because right now, these next two, three years are are really the prime of the window for Vegas.
0: I was expecting a one-year deal.
2: Two years? Really? At that? Great.
0: That's really, that's, for a team that's right up against the cap, that's a great deal uh going uh we have a retirement uh, announcement to tell everybody travis Zajac uh going back to the new jersey devils making uh, a ceremonial one day contract and retiring as a member of that organization
2: you know i i i like the player a lot the the guy was you know one of those motor type players where he gave you everything um and i, I you know i i like the fact that he was able to go back and and retire as a devil uh you, you had an opportunity and and i think that that's a, what everybody expected and understood it was last year at the trade deadline it was an opportunity for travis ajak to chase the stanley cup with the new york islanders and i i think that you take those opportunities all day long but this is a a new jersey devil through and through and it's it's fortunate he's able to retire as a member of that organization jersey
0: talked to him. Tom Fitzgerald communicated to him that it wasn't just about coming back and retiring as a New Jersey Devil. Talked to him about playing this year. And Travis just thought it was time and he's going to uh, retire. So uh, good luck to Travis Zajac. Uh, Threads. You guys love your threads. Mm -hmm. The Kachina jersey. The white Arizona Coyote jersey that was worn by the Phoenix Coyotes when they moved from Winnipeg to Phoenix is coming back so they will be home and road decked out kitted up in their kachinas
2: yeah it's it's probably the greatest thing the Arizona Coyotes have ever done
0: <laughs> you know what's funny is you're not that's not hyperbole that I've seen no. that a few places that this is one of the great logos great sweaters uh, of the modern era uh, and yeah. yeah it just made sense that they would go back to this
2: yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's probably going to surpass anything that they put on the ice as far as the product goes this year. Um, but no, I mean, listen, this is so there, unique. Either. It's so unique. It's such a cool jersey. It's fun. And it really captured, I think, what the Arizona Coyotes should always be. And you know, for me, going back to it made a lot of sense. They should have never gone away from it. To be completely honest with you, yeah, it's, and it's okay to go away and then come back. Mm, I, I, I mean, I hear you because at least in that, in in those instances, you kind of get that that feeling of, man, we had it really good before. What were we complaining about? Why didn't we like these beautiful jerseys? So, in that regard, sure, it's okay to go away from it, only to come back to it. They just should have come come back to it a lot sooner than they did, but I'm not going to complain. They're here, they're amazing, and I cannot wait to see them in action on the ice. Do you know the logo
0: with the coyote, and then he's got the crest, and there's the moon? Mm hmm Do you know that the moon represents a sea for coyote? I did not know That makes sense. I... I was doing some reading on the uh, on the logo and the crest and everything. and uh, I had no yeah. idea the, the the coyote with the uh, the stick in its hand is supposed to be an A for Arizona, and then mm. the C is for coyote. the the, the moon the half moon.
2: So, well, it's interesting on the on the A for the for the actual body of the coyote because they were the phoenix, phoenix coyotes, coyotes at that time. I know. So I think there's some you know, revisionist, it,
0: uh interpretation it. going on there. I'd I'd say so. Mm. Uh, The Kachina jerseys, I love. The shirt that Chapman wore to the golf tournament this morning at Bears Best was awful. Why? Come on. Can I take a picture of it? Absolutely.
1: Okay. So
0: keep in mind here, folks. Keep in mind that this is a professional event that he's going to. And he he mm-hmm. showed up with this. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet it out right now. That's all I want you to keep in mind. All right, if you're at your pool on a Sunday afternoon and this is what you wear, then that's that's one thing. But this shirt showing up at the golf tournament, I I looked over and I didn't even have to because his back was to me. I'm like Chapman, what are you doing? I didn't have to see his, his beard
2: or anything. Are you gonna are you gonna tweet it out? Or yeah, no? I think
1: I think he's I think he's in the process, yeah. Oh yes. you know it's nice it, it 144, seems like it's take- one hundred and forty four one hundred and forty four thousand people are now gonna see my fantastic shirt, so I'm thrilled about that. Twenty
2: two. Oh,
1: one hundred and twenty two thousand Oh, I I overselled. I failed. I, I yeah. went over. Yeah. I busted on the prices, That's right?
2: Uh-huh. I'm, a, I, I keep
0: refreshing this. Twitter. Like, what's people, what's take going a, on, buddy? Take a, take a look at this. Is it what? What is it? Avocado? Yes. it's avocados. Yeah. Okay, avocados. Yes,
1: avocados. Yeah,
0: it's avocados.
2: Like, but like, come on, he's he's at a professional event. Some people like avocados.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chapman. Chapman is walking around with a shirt that just makes you think of avocado toast. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs>
1: It makes I, I it, like it, avocado it, toast. It, it literally says Chapman. Like that shirt. L- l- you know what's funny? I almost wore my pineapple bucket hat to go with it.
2: What's wrong with just oh, a regular oh, shirt? Man. You know, I, I feel like I have to draw the line at, at multiple fruit articles of clothing like you can't have an avocado shirt and a pineapple hat well, and just, that's that's why i decided can't not to do that i
1: decided not to because i was like yeah it probably clashes a little bit the pineapple and the avocado probably yeah what, i what? mean
2: i'm all, i'm all in on the the avocado button down i <laughs> like because
0: you would, wear, you would
2: wear that to work right no 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 i wouldn't no. wear it i'm no. saying i'm saying i'm all in because it's the most chapman thing i've ever seen <laughs> so
0: yes or no like you, you, like, you, you, you then, that's okay to wear to work, to represent the BGK Insider I,
2: Show. No, I, I mean I just said like, okay. Here's the thing though. Like Chapman is is an enigma wrapped in an anomaly, right? Like <laughs> that's just who he is. So you can't right. you can't change him. There's no changing him. You just gotta lean into it. Yes. Like it. At the end of the day, like Chapman's the one that showed up in an avocado shirt. With a bunch of golden knights players at the golf course when chapman is in the locker room there's certainly going to be conversation and you know what it might lead to a cool interview or two i say chapman don't take yourself too seriously yes, you I don't do. anyway well, that's the beautiful thing about hockey. you that's what we do just we keep take being each- you
0: we take it very seriously yeah the well, best part was uh i was there for Braden. i was there for Hag. i was there for marcia so Nobody even mentioned your shirt to you. No,
1: no. And You know what's funny? No. I have I have the purple suede jacket, like yeah. like that I wear occasionally. And Pierre Edward Belmar used to tell me all the time that he wanted to get a jacket like that. He said he goes, he goes. Well, that- that's
0: okay. I don't mind that. But he
1: said that is like he 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 was like a fan. I, I, no. I, I almost gave it to don't him. Don't compare because-
0: purple suede to avocados. avocados. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, <laughs> apparently, I was wrong about John Bon Jovi covering up all the pink in the arena. I can't find any proof of it online, but we got a call during a break. I'm not going to say who it's from, uh, but we got a call during the break that confirmed what Chris Chapman had said that apparently when Bon Jovi tours, they they cover up the pink inside the rink. Mm -hmm. And I'm wrong. I thought it was a goofy, ludicrous statement, but... The, the only feedback we got said that uh, the Chapman's source is true. Now, he doesn't know his source's name, he just <laughs> knows the person, what they do, <laughs> which gives me cause for pause. Now, the weird thing is, like, Pink, the artist, loves John Bon Jovi. Yes. Bon Jovi.
1: Yeah, she pre- didn't she present him on the yeah, board? Yeah. Like,
0: uh, the biggest crush. So, uh, I, I don't, I wonder if John can get around his color issues yes. with, with going and doing a duet with Pink. Cause that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, if she has the pink hair at the time, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, I just thought it was it was neat that she presented one of the great awards to John Bon Jovi, and, but he apparently now, we've learned, covers up all the pink. And inside. I'm guessing
1: if he ever tours with Aerosmith, they will not play Pink, which is one of their hit songs.
0: <laughs> what do you think the chances of Aerosmith and Bon Jovi? I don't know. They're,
1: they're like old guy rock, so I mean, they, they, they may... Uh...
0: Do you have a preference, Aerosmith or Bon Jovi?
1: I'm from New Jersey, so it's absolutely Bon Jovi.
0: Yeah. What about oh, you, Aerosmith uh, all the way!
2: Really, Aerosmith all the way. Yeah,
0: yeah. I like them both, but I'm uh, I I would choose Bon Jovi. Like, if mm-hmm. Bon Jovi came back and they they've got the tour going right now, and it, it, at the pause uh, during COVID, uh, that that show was put delayed. When they play either T-Mobile or Legion or whatever, like that's one. Where I will pull strings to get amazing seats. You have to. I've been front row for a Bon Jovi before and I've been side of the stage. Like that's one where I what is I what go. is
1: your go to Bon Jovi song? Like what's the favorite Darren Millard Bon Jovi song?
0: Oh Living Our Prayer. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: That's a yeah. Really uh, but, good one.
0: But I do like uh I like uh Bad Medicine. Uh so I, I like some of the older stuff. Yeah. But
2: man. Wallace, what about you? My go to Bon Jovi song? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have one. Come on. want of Dead or Alive yeah.
1: Is, is... Yeah. Dead or Alive is a good one. Shot to the heart.
2: That's yeah. A, I mean, I can take it or leave it. Yeah.
0: Uh, one of Dead yeah. or Alive is a, is a great one for uh, Chapman's shirt on one-timers <laughs> for this Monday, September 7th on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren
1: Millard and Ryan Wallace.
0: Well, that was smooth coming into your segment, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's
1: on, on point, I guess, is probably a good way to say it. You're so busy reading Twitter about the feedback to your shirt. And people like it, by the way. That you just blew the whole rejoin. Yeah, well, I, I normally put that in you a were... different spot, the, the, the music, and I... Yeah, I I didn't put it there. Nice. Catching up with Chapman
0: with Chris Chapman, uh, the aforementioned avocado shirt.
1: Yeah, so a couple things. By the way, we we have in in the studio the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football, and I'm not a Packer fan, but Lambeau Field is just one of those places that I have to go to at some point to watch a game, and it has to be like I can't go in September. If I'm going to go to Lambeau Field, I want to experience... Green Bay and Lambeau Field, and I want to go in, like, December when it's, like, five degrees and there's snow. Like, to me, that is the quintessential Green Bay Packers game when, when I think about what the Packers are like and what they're about and their their history. Like, just seeing a game at Lambeau in the cold and the snow would be a bucket list thing for me. And uh, the other thing, I don't know how much of a music guy you are, Darren. I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but I mean, like, bands, like, big band. Purdue University has the quote-unquote world's largest drum, and they have not missed a show with that drum during halftime of a football game since 1979. While it happened this Saturday, they actually had to um, skip the the Notre Dame game. They played Notre Dame, and Notre Dame changed some protocols. So Purdue University could not bring their drum with them from West Lafayette to South Bend. So first time since 1979. How big is the drum? Apparently it's ten feet tall, and it weighs That's like big. like six hundred pounds. And That's they,
2: a big drum. Yeah, yeah. What kind of
1: protocol? Well, would I they guess change? they they changed it where where the band can enter into the field, and uh, the the tunnel wasn't quite tall enough for the drum that, to get. That through. sounds like a big screw you. I think it is too. I mean, they are in the same state, and you know Notre Dame. They're Notre Dame, and they can get away yeah, with Yeah, Notre that Dame stuff. would have heard about the Purdue drum, right? I'm sure they have, because it's they've... Purdue Not just has, heard
0: it, because it's 10 feet tall. You're yeah. going to hear that everywhere.
1: But Purdue was played at Notre Dame in between 1979 yeah. and Saturday, and they've used the drum during halftime, so...
0: The only band that I really followed uh, with any type of passion was the Stanford band.
1: Ah, because of the, the famous game? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, no, it It wasn't because of any songs they played yeah they they have more their participation on the field yeah
1: well that's one of the iconic plays in college football i think john elway played in that game honestly how was that play allowed to stand it shouldn't have yeah well it was like what 1982 well it doesn't matter like i always feel bad for the poor guy who gets spiked on at the end in the end zone (laughs) joe the trombone player boom
0: for avocado man and ryan wallace Thanks to Brian Chapman for joining us. Uh, Brian McCormick, sorry. Uh, McCormick, I just blew that. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow.